stay still and stay close to the microphone. And if you don't, I'm going to staple your fucking ears to the table. Oh, don't do that. All right. Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of... Sam and Kyle, see what's up? Hey Kyle, how's it going pal? It's going pretty good man, what? how about yourself? Where were you last week? Oh, oh last week, last we week were, show was we missing. We were up in Chicago, Uh-oh. dude. Uh-oh, last week's we show were, was missing. We were shooting in Chicago. Yes, guns and cameras. Yes, shooting guns and shooting guns, as it, I like to say. It was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, we did record the podcast episode. It just, uh, the technology we had decided to... Uh, give us a shit show and not upload it and then it probably better we didn't upload it anyway because uh, we'd been working we come off the back of about a 14 hour day that day and uh, you know that bit of the night where you're laughing at everything even the stuff that's not funny yeah that was yeah. about the podcast I think we should publish it for like the Christmas special maybe but um, anyway. like a bonus episode or something yeah, it's like, like if you want to listen to it you can but Tex, recommend Tex it. was our special guest star and uh, Tex was about 11 beers deep and uh, weed is a legal state uh, in, in uh, Attaboy yeah, yeah you was, said that correctly le- it was legal up there so uh, <laughs> anyway yeah so it, that show didn't get uh, didn't get broadcast and it might we try to do these every week uh, but for those of you just finding the uh, the show it's, it's essentially a channel now the small business surgeon we do three shows a week the first one is on Mondays and it is interviews with people from around the world of business the second one is on Wednesdays what's the second one Kyle Sam and Kyle see what's up it's where we go around the internet we find some headlines and we talk about them how they affect the people listening to the show how they affect us and really what we think about them yeah because there's not enough honesty in the media so we are uh, honest and transparent and uh, we will call shit out as we see it and then uh, Fridays I jump on here and monologue a little bit for you guys give you a little bit of Friday fire some lessons maybe we've learned during the week now we did have a complaint well we had several actually and listening back to the show got some uh, some issues with the uh, the audio sometimes Kyle gets a little quiet and it's because he likes to lean back in his chair and leave the microphone uh, in its mic stand where it sits so uh, we're gonna try rectify that I will make a case for myself go, go ahead my my setup at home mm-hmm. has a very strong compressor put on my microphone so uh, I don't have to worry about my volume because I move back and forth a lot. It's very difficult for me to sit still. However, in the interest of the show, I will do my best to sit perfectly still this entire episode. Now, it must be said that if he doesn't, and there's still audio issues, let me know, and uh, next week I'll staple his ears to the table so he can't move. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) Even if the audio goes wrong, don't tell him. (laughs) I like my ears holeless. It's the guy with pierced ears. I put those there. Yeah, all right. You didn't put them there. I think HR would probably complain if I slammed staples through your ears, but don't think the thought has uh, never escaped me. As long as you use one of those removers to take them out when you're done. <laughs> all right, so uh, yeah, last week we were up in Chicago with the media team. It looks like this week um, we're, we're going to be headed out to uh, to hopefully out to Arizona and then one down to uh, to San Antonio. we got some uh, some busy... Where's Tex going this week? Isn't he going somewhere too? Oh shoot! We just talked about it. He's this flying. Morning. I think he's flying to Tennessee this week. He is. There's a truck show up there. You're right. What? Which one is it? I don't know, dude. Somebody Google it. It gets hard to. Uh, it gets hard to keep up. <laughs> Jamie, pull that up. Thing, things around Media Foundry are uh, are really starting to heat up, which is which is good. For those of you that don't know, um, 
I own a couple of different businesses, Kyle being a partner in, uh, in one of them. Uh, and uh, the one that's really kicking up right now is the Texas Media Foundry. We make videos and media to allow other companies engineer their realities. And uh, it seems to be it seems to be catching on. We've done a few really great jobs here uh, for some clients, and we got some uh, some big showcases coming up. So, anyway, time to get on with the show. Kyle, uh, Kyle's in charge of the uh, the headlines. I don't actually see him till we uh, till we start the show. So, what's up first, buddy? What are we going to talk about? So, first on the docket from AP News, we have what to know before your business ads buy now, pay later. Man. Are you familiar with the whole buy now pay later setup I, for online shopping and things? Not for like it, cars and things. Yeah, they they used to call it higher purchase, like rent to higher own. Higher purchase. Higher, like H I R E, higher, because you're, you're renting. Something. Oh yeah, okay. Um, so when I when I learned about this concept, it was from textbooks that were written in the 1950s or 60s, whatever they had when I went to school in the 90s, and they called it higher higher purchase, and you just like buy now, pay later. And it says here in the article, it's becoming common at large retailers like Target, Ikea, and Macy's. And more and more small businesses are allowing their customers the ability to pay in installments too. It goes on to say, Jesus Christ, 55% of local businesses use buy now, pay later online. And 5% offer it as an in-store payment option. I never thought about buy now, pay later. Um, generally, in my understanding, um, like you set up a loan and you sell the loan to somebody else on the back end to a servicing company and they collect the money uh, and they pay you but like i'm not a fan of buying shit you can't afford oh no i i think i've actually never used klarna or any of the other klarna is just the biggest one that i know i've uh, never used any of the buy now pay later things because of the whole if you can't buy it twice you can't afford it well yeah but let's let's flip that on the other on the other shoe here because it's not about the consumer it's about the business owner so if you're selling medium to high ticket items let's say we know that the majority of, of Americans are paycheck to paycheck mm -hmm. right so maybe they could afford a hundred bucks a paycheck but they can't afford a thousand bucks right now and they want a thousand dollar TV and in that sense I guess it's not a bad business model um, I guess if you're good with money, but I feel like if you're good with you're money, money, you don't, you don't need live paycheck the, to fucking paycheck. Yeah. You don't need this shit. So from a consumer point of view, I think it's, I think it's bad, man. I don't think you should get into borrowing, um, especially to buy consumer stuff like like TV yeah. and stuff. Now, I understand leveraging your company and leveraging your assets to to put yourself in a position where you're making more money, and I'm not against debt at all, but debt for consumer purposes from the consumer point of view I don't believe is, is a good thing I think the only two things you should really hold debt on there's three uh, you should have a credit card that you ultimately try to carry 20% of the balance on and pay down every month um, and that comes from the guys that have taught me how to build credit uh, you should borrow to buy your house and you should borrow to buy a vehicle uh, you know Dave Ramsey's probably gonna argue against borrowing to buy a vehicle but I'm financially where I can afford a monthly payment that keeps me out of the shop, um, that keeps me from crawling under my own fucking cars. I grew up in a shop, man. I can fix mm -hmm. my own cars. I just, it's not the best use of my time. Right. And so for me to have a monthly payment on a truck, I feel is, is forgivable. 
Um, other than that, that was the only Dave Ramsey thing I didn't agree with watching. Because in, in my economics class in high school, we watched Dave Ramsey every Friday to learn how to manage money, and then um, talked about the the good types of debt and the bad types of debt yeah. and how to use your money to work for you. Um, I think you you should borrow to buy a vehicle if you can, you know, pay. 300 bucks a month to drive something that's not going to break down for the next 50,000 miles and you're not going to have any payments other than tire changes and oil changes. Yeah. I think that's better than spending a grand to fix your car every time. It, it, it really is. But from the consumer standpoint, I don't like this. From a business owner's standpoint, I completely get it. Um, you know, let's say you're selling a, a two to $5,000 to $10,000 product. Um, you know, I've got a $25,000 coaching product, but nobody's ever asked me to finance it. And I never thought about financing it. You know, it, it might be a good idea. Um, obviously, I'd lose probably 5 to 10% of that off the top as fees. It for says that it costs merchants anywhere from one5 to 7% of the customer's total purchase amount. That's going to be based on their credit and the amount of risk. So it'll be a sliding scale. When I was um, licensed to originate loans, um, the underwriters would set the interest rates. Like I didn't set them, I would send the loans to the banks and see which underwriters would buy them. And good credit would get bought all the way down to 1.9%. And bad credit would go anywhere 24 to 26%. And man, I couldn't do that. I did not have it in me to sell a car to somebody that I knew was struggling. And hook them on a 24.99% interest rate. Even That's, it was you're talking illegal. about back when you owned the dealership. Yes, when I had my car dealership. Um, and we were the highest rated independent car dealer in the state on uh, on Google. Um, you know, We had five-star reviews coming out of our butt. And it was because, from a moral standpoint, I, I didn't let a loan go out of there over 14.9%. That was my max. I'd walk away from the deal. I'd tell them to go back, save up more money, bring a bigger down payment, whatever. I just could not, from a moral standpoint, send somebody out in a depreciating asset for a high interest rate. It, it would have feels been, like you're setting them up for failure. It, it does. It would have been great for my business. But these fucking car dealers, they rub their hands and they get excited at the thought of repossessing cars and reselling them. And even though we had a profitable dealership, and I wasn't really looking to sell it, it just kind of, kind of happened. And I went, I, I was tired of the hours I was working. You know, I got it. It wasn't as profitable as it could have been. And one of the biggest reasons was I wanted to be able to fucking sleep at night. Right. The 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 stories you hear about the used car business, especially on the lower income side of it, they're all true. Um, and one thing I worry about when small business owners start financing products to their customers, is it good for their customer? Is it a good thing to saddle your customer with debt on a depreciating asset? I don't feel as though it is. But as a small business owner, I've got my own obligations. I've got my own bills to pay. And you know, now Media Foundry going out, our average ticket price on, on media is now anywhere from twelve to twenty thousand dollars. Well, I know what we create gets a return on investment, so maybe this is something we look into for Media Foundry, so that the clients can uh, leverage their credit and, and buy our shit and, and use it in their marketing campaigns and generate the ROI. I, I'm just uncomfortable. 
finance and shit to clients when I figure that, you know, really somebody in a position to spend $20,000 on a video shouldn't be financing it as a Hail Mary um, to hope and magically pray that it does good for their business, you know. Right. Like, the, the stuff we sell, I imagine my clients are validated enough in the industry and have enough resources behind them to where $20,000 isn't going to make really a shit of difference in the in their budget. It's going to get them the results they need at a very comfortable like level. They already had a twenty thousand dollar plus marketing budget. Yeah, yeah, for most, whatever they were doing. Well, so yeah, exactly. They they can afford to bring us in. Yes, most of our clients now have several hundred thousand dollar marketing budgets, and when, when we drop a set of videos for twenty grand, it's not it's not a big deal to them because they know what they're getting and they get the results from it. See, and the thing is, like, you even if you don't have your $20,000 marketing, $100,000 marketing budget for your thing, use your phone. You shouldn't be leveraging Yeah, your, you, you your sh- shit. don't you go just, leverage I, your... I, I'm not a fan I'm of the not, buy... Uh, don't go pay for a, a, a DSLR in installments. I'm not a fan of the buy now, pay later shit. Um, from, as a consumer. And I think if the... I think if the government ran a little bit uh, tighter and was a little bit less of a fan on the buy now, pay later share, I don't think we'd have nearly as many looming financial problems as we've got. Um, you know, this we've got everybody living on month to month, on paycheck to paycheck, and I think it's for a reason. I think we need a little more financial education and a little more personal accountability. And I think as business owners, it might be up to us to lead that charge and to not offer this to our clients the problem is as business owners we also have to keep our doors open we have to pay our bills and we have to deliver our product and if financing it helps us to deliver more then yeah we should look at at financing options so this one's got me kind of on the fence man um i would like to learn a little bit more about it but ultimately i feel as though if people are having to finance our products then they're probably not the right audience for us. And they should probably be looking at a, a more budget-friendly option that's going to get them their first you know, couple of rungs on the ladder. I mean, the stuff we do is, is you know, it's, it's national quality. I mean, you can launch products nationally. You can shut 7,000 people in an arena and play the videos in front of them, and it, it elicits emotional responses, and then people get called to action. And, we, you know, our videos make money. But... Not every business needs to be leveraging itself to pay for shit that they can't afford. And um, I think that... I think this would be beneficial for things like an Ashley Furniture Home Store. Or, yeah, they or no, they, they already offer they already financing. Yeah, you can get financing on beds and couches and, and it's, shit. And it's 90 days, same as cash. And on yeah. day 91, they back charge all that fucking interest from the very start. I know this because at one point I worked for uh, for Kirby for a very short amount of time and sold, vac- sold vacuums door to door. And, you know, they would have us going into into people's houses who clearly wanted to buy this vacuum, couldn't afford it, but would spend $29 a month on a fucking vacuum for God knows how many years and end up paying ridiculous amounts of interest. The, the, the money there is to the lenders and it's almost at usurious rates. And I don't particularly care for it. So... I wouldn't touch it in my business from an ethics standpoint, but if you're maybe a little less less lax on that, and if maybe you sell mattresses or maybe you sell you know one and two thousand dollar items that you could double your sales with uh, with this 
shit, then, then yeah. That's what it says later in the article oh, is that, that um, where I just saw it. Uh, well, something. There was a clothing provider, a sustainable well, clothing. Well. Yeah, Wearwell has seen an increase in their sales due to people spending less it just, per it's, checkout. It, it's so crazy to me. Like, it's if something's four hundred dollars. Just pay the fucking four hundred dollars for it and be done. Exactly. Don't sign up for four easy payments of a hundred bucks, man. What's yeah. the? I don't get that. Three easy payments and one really difficult one. One really difficult payment. Thank you, Mitch Hedberg. So that's my opinion on that, man. What's the? Uh, let's wrap that up. I, I don't think it's a good idea. Don't borrow more than you can afford to pay back. Don't yeah. live with that side of your means and only leverage yourself for shit that's going to provide an income and bring in more money. Don't be leveraging yourself on stupid crap that mm-hmm. is probably going to end up in a storage shed when you get divorced anyway. Like that neon, when that neon Coors Light sign that. That you had to have. <laughs> you know, Who has a neon? I bet Texas has a neon cord light sign. He wants the uh, the Pegasus. Oh, the the yeah. oil. I, it's oil, right? Oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he wants the, he wants one of those Pegasus signs. All right, let's we'll just save up and get him. We'll, we'll find one. Dude wants a forty-four Magnum. You see the you see the fucking that grin, grin on his face? he had. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, what's the next article, pal? Where are we going? Next up, we've got one from CBC.ca. Um, that's a, a Canadian website. Canadian. If you don't know your domains, um, young people ask for pay transparency in job postings, saying the deck is stacked against job seekers. About fucking time, amen. You want pay transparency? Yeah, dude. Seriously. Like when I got my first job um, in the legal business, um, it was hammered into me: you do not discuss your pay, don't discuss your day rate with Which, anyone. By the way, is illegal. But it seems to be, <laughs> it seems to be this fucking thing that's ingrained in Americans. Because in England, everybody, oh, I make this much, I make this much. I'm like, I'm not telling you what I make, but I'm keeping my fucking mouth shut because you'll be mad. <laughs> There's a, it's a, it's a, but core part of the the culture of America though. But they don't. We don't talk so, about how much we make. But like, if everybody talked about, because like I try to pay. Like we pay our trainees like twelve, and then it's up from there. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody that's here full time is is either at twenty or working to twenty, and that's that's like a fucking minimum. Mm-hmm. And you know, fuck man, if people would talk about what they made, and like, it, it would just make it makes so much more sense. I understand why employers don't want it, but the way I employ people, and the way that I try to build. Um, like, I mean, we, we really, we do life together as, as <laughs> fucking employer-employee. We're, we're together all the time. Eight hours we work a day, together five as, days a week. We work together as a team. We travel together. Um, I believe you have to breed trust into an organization and transparency into an organization. I can't imagine anything worse than applying for a job and not knowing what the fuck it pays. Exactly, yeah. If, if I don't know what you're willing to pay me, why would I jump through all these hoops? Exactly. It, it almost feels like you're forced to accept whatever they offer you because the first time you hear about your pay and what you're being offered is when they're like, all right, well, hey, we like you. This is your second interview. Do you want the job? I just think that, you know, being upfront and honest about pay is a way to recruit better talent. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm making, let's say if I'm making a hundred grand a year at a job and I'm, I'm okay there doing what I do, 
but you're looking for talent and you've got an ad out at 150 grand a year, well, that's gonna in, encourage me and entice me to apply for that position. Most people make their biggest pay raises when they move jobs, and that's a, that's a huge reason why lots of people move jobs every 18 to 24 months. It's not because they don't like the place, it's because their talents have overtaken what they're being paid, and other people are willing to pay them more, whereas most companies are just like, oh, here's a 3% raise for the year, you'll did a fucking great job. Well, around here, I try to give raises before they're asked for. I try to give them on merit, you'll did a great job, boom, there's a little more money, because it, 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 it makes you feel appreciated, it makes you feel wanted, it makes you want to come to work. And you may not think that you're, hey, thanks for your help this week. Like, like you, you finished, Friday ends. It was a hectic week. More sales than you've ever had, ever. Say thank you to your employees. It's You'd be surprised how much that goes. Right, I'm taking notes now because I don't often say thank you because you lot fucking annoy me. <laughs> you, no, you, your favorite catchphrase is I fucking hate you guys. And then I like <laughs> to say, no, you don't. Because we we still work here. Yeah, no, so I, I look down. I look down at the I look down at the bills and see how much you'll spend at Sam's Club on fucking office snacks. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but like they're fruit gushers, dude. They're so good. Like you don't get anything I can eat though. You come in here with fucking cinnamon rolls and muffins. And I'm like, well, we're not the ones that are on a diet, dude. I'm not on a diet. It's the way I live now. Oh my bad. We're will, not on the way you live now. I will have you know, like I'm almost celebrating, not quite, but I am four pounds heavier than my high school weight. Yeah, I... You can't yeah. tell directions, but this is a round of applause. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, he's moving his hands around. So, um, <laughs> back on topic, though. The, the I think the more transparency that you have, the more honesty that you have, and people respect honesty and authenticity in the workplace more than ever now. I think people have been fucked about so much by... <clears throat> Excuse me, I am losing my voice. Um, we were hoping this wouldn't happen during the show. you got time. Um, you can make it. I think people have been fucked around far too much. And I think the one thing that COVID has done and sending everybody home has done has transformed the workspace so much. Uh, cultures are different. Office cultures are different. Pay cultures are different. And everybody's expectations are different now than they were two years ago. And uh, of all the things COVID's done for us, I'm a huge fan of that because I think the more we can level the playing field and the more we can rely on honesty and integrity and authenticity to build our companies, I think the better we do in the long term because we generate relationships with our fucking employees. They become a part of our family. And then what I like to do is vest them in the company and give them an incentive never to leave mm -hmm. and then we end up with a family for life and happy employees bring new employees guys y'all don't get that it's like how, how do you find people to work for you i'm like i don't they find us and it is and it might be a little bit special for our industry with the media foundry because we are more creatives and we do typically stick together more so than the it's, it's not waiters though. at a restaurant it's not though like, waiters at restaurants all piss in the same bucket after work, mate. They all hang out at the same places. They're all friends with each other. You pick any industry, any industry, and people hang out together. Realtors are friends with realtors. You True. Know, like, who do you work for? Do you enjoy it? Attorney. I might go talk exactly. to them. Attorneys smoke cigars with other attorneys. Mechanics spin wrenches and go racing and go to car clubs with other mechanics. You want high-quality fucking staff? 
Treat your staff as well as possible and watch them attract other people within the same industry. That's all I do. We've got a fucking waiting list now. And like I said, it's it's not a fucking pay them an extra dollar an hour. It's not. It's, it's a make them feel validated. Mm-hmm. Um, even like you're like, oh, I don't really know how to do that. Thank you for your hard work this week. Or like, <laughs> hey, you did a, like I saw you picking up extra hours to do this. Yeah. Like, thanks for helping out around the but, shop. I appreciate you. I, I mean, I like the fact that I think the way that you all respond to the uh, autonomy to be able to like be left alone and do your own shit and make your own mistakes. And the way I've got it around here is when a mistake happens, like we own it, but we come up with a solution. It's like, (laughs) hey, this happened, and here's what I think we should do about it. Mm -hmm. And then... And even if the solution's dog shit, it's not even the thing you won't want to do. They have the solution. It's it's encouraging critical thinking. And... Like, it's like we can't do it that way because of this, but I thank you exactly. for coming to me with a solution exactly. rather than just a problem. Yeah, so I think absolutely be open about what you pay uh, as an employer. Be I think you be open it. about what the growth scale looks like inside yeah. the company. Like you need to do like realistically, if like like I guess we talked about me becoming a vested member of this company uh-huh. a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere. Like um, yeah. There's something about the there's this is for me like I'm building something for me, mm-hmm. it, it it helps you feel good about what you do. Yeah, yeah, and it it gives you a little bit more of a why. Exactly, um, it gives it exactly it gives you that why. It's the why do I wake up in the morning? It's because I got a media company to run. <laughs> I got some videos to make. I love it, and you know, my goal around here, and it's every goal we set, we hit, and we keep checking them off slowly one small step at a time one of my biggest flaws is that i'm impatient and i expect results right fucking now but if i pull back to ten thousand feet and look at what we've done over the last year and over the last five years and how we came through covid and emerged as a stronger fucking company and everything everything with more employees the stronger core values with a better product yeah so now like you know my my goal now is is health insurance and profit sharing like that's a real thing and then um, I've got a buddy that runs an investment group and I'll sit you down sit you guys down every morning and teach you guys how to invest your money and, and we all like work together on building a better life for everyone rather than just the boss showing up in the Ferrari and everybody else driving home in a fucking Toyota hey, you be nice to them Toyotas hey there's some pretty cool little Toyotas running around uh, when in my opinion you have made it as a business owner when your employees are fully covered, they've got their health insurance, they've got their profit sharing, and every single one of them is balling out in their dream car, and they're balling out in their dream house. That's my goal, to be such a fucking good business owner that all of my employees get to ball out and get to have their dreams come true. Like, you know, look at the, look at your face and a little Volkswagen Golf R32 with a big exhaust on it. You'd love that shit, wouldn't you? I was on Bring a Trail last night. There for like seven grand. There's a 2004 R32 sitting around at 18,000 miles. And I was like, mm, I need a trailer. Yeah, that's going to go for probably about 25. <laughs> yeah. By the time the auction is done. Those, those, are, those are so rare. I've actually seen more rocking horse shit than I have uh, R32. Really? <laughs> yeah. And how much rocking horse shit have you seen, Kyle? Uh... It's pretty rare. Huh? More than I've seen an R32, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Come All right. it. So, yeah, be transparent with your people and yeah. uh, treat them like you would want to be treated, and you'll find things go a lot fucking like, smoother. You find yourself going, damn, this last week was hard. 
I guarantee you, your employees felt the same way. Yeah. Talk so my lymph nodes are swollen. I don't know what's going on, but there was a lot of travel involved last week, and I slept all weekend. So we're going to push on with the show and hope I don't lose my voice. So forgive me if it gets a bit scratchy. Kyle, what is the next article, my man? Well, for the next one, uh, Scientology has been brought back up from... That's the the Tom Cruise jumping on the couch religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the the one with the, the spaceships and the... That, they had like a spaceship that'll come back every 2,000 some odd years? I don't or is know. That, I, mean, like, I don't remember. But Christianity has spaceships in it too. Like, you know. Well, that's what a giant boat. They ascended to heaven on a pillar of salt and flames. I mean, that's what people saw, you know. I think I think every religion has spaceships in it if you look close enough. So we, What are those the old uh, Renaissance paintings that have UFOs in yeah. the background in the sky? And, we're and like, then mm. uh, the, the uh, Hindu people. The, they were big they, on uh, they were big on spaceships and having battles in the sky and shit and people coming down from like it the, is weird that every the, single ancient culture talks the, about them and they never talk to each other the greeks the gods lived on top of mountains and came okay, down from on can top we of talk about how very climbable that mountain is i've never and climbed it i wouldn't know it's 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 like just a, like walk to the it's top a, yeah it's a big hill any gods up here it's Hello. very much like they could have verified and nobody did <laughs> pizza delivery we're not ordering any fucking pizza. <laughs> Never pay full price for a late pizza. Facts. Wisdom garnered from the Ninja Turtles. So it says Scientology. Take the pizza, lock the door. Accused, what are they going to do? <laughs> Scientology accused of child trafficking, forced labor of Australians. Well, the Australians are used to forced labor. I mean, they're a prison colony after all. Three Australian <laughs> residents. You, you okay over there, bud? It's the British accent saying that. It's just the cherry on top. Three Australian residents have accused Scientology of child trafficking, covering up multiple sexual assaults, forced labor, and other abuses in a significant legal claim lodged in a Florida court overnight. Well, crikey. You okay, mate? <laughs> um, so, what is it? Are, are Scientologists trying to be Catholics then, or what? Because this just sounds like a, a regular day out in the Catholic Church. Well, from what I understand, Scientology isn't necessarily so much a religion as it is a way to make money. That's it's all a, religion, it's a, it's a big money cult, but like less so than I others. Mean, like, yes, it's all around to make money, but I see the benefit of going to church and having your religion and... Because like I think there, there's there's less religion in Scientology is what I'm getting at. I, a New Jersey Catholic diocese has just paid eighty seven and a half million fucking dollars to settle sex abuse lawsuits. Right? I think the Scient- I'm sorry. Uh, How many dollars? NPR twelve days ago eighty seven and a half million dollars for one diocese in New Jersey. What's it? it it's like a parish. Um, These are vocab words. Hold on. An area that the church serves. Got it. And then each church serves its own area. Yeah. So there's that many people in one area that $87 the, million dollars had to be paid that out. That have been fucked by that priests. Got... Why can't we just pull the fucking lid back on this shit? Like, I would love nothing more than to cut a hole in their throat, chop their balls off, and watch them choke to death trying to extract their own balls out of their throat. Like, there is no room in this fucking world for child abusers, and they hide behind religion. Mm-hmm. Scientology, just, just one of it. It's any fucking group of people 
where one or two of them can be in power and hold this power over everybody else, you seem to find child abuse just fucking starting to happen. And I, I'm like, I'm I'm two news stories away from dedicating my entire career to just killing pedophiles. I'm just saying, I'm fucking, like, my like, first job was working with wood. I can probably figure out metal. If you need a guillotine, I may know somebody. This should not. This shouldn't happen. Mm-mm. Like, it shouldn't happen. I think. And the, it's ridiculous how often it happens. I think the lid should be blown off of all of this. And I, you know, how do you do it? I don't like. I don't know how to. Because like, I, I'm with you. Like, peel back everything. Like, I want to see who are the baddies. Um, They're not allowed to be around anymore. They are excommunicated from our societies. The the problem is that the people doing it own everything. Um, the Catholic Church is one of the largest fucking landowners in the world. One of the most richest establishments in the world. Um, when all the media and all the churches. And, and all the content we consume is owned by the same people. It's very, very difficult to get any words out. The only reason this shit has come in mainstream over the last 10 to 15 years is the fact that we have the ability to communicate instantly via the internet. For 70 years, from 1950 to now, these people have been able to control every single thing we've seen on the television. Everything. Like, independent media and independent news channels never got any airtime. So people watched what they were told to watch. And the people making the programs were the ones fucking the kids. Like, I don't know about America, but the BBC from the 60s onwards was just a hive of pedophilia and child abuse. And they're still not doing enough to to unwrap that. Philip Schofield, who was the television presenter in the 80s that presented the kids' shows, and was somebody that the BBC promoted. He had his own morning show and everything up until a few years ago. Um, Philip Schofield got, got tied up fucking a 12-year-old boy. Like, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Like, for me, I mean, you know, you want to be promiscuous, sure, but there's like how many million, billion vaginas in the world? I like, there's 8 billion people, so... So how many how many billion vaginas are over 18 years old and, you could, and will, will, 20%. will gladly, gladly consent to sex with celebrities? Like, there's a lot. There's yeah, far enough. more of them than i got to go get a fucking 12-year-old boy for. I think there's more of them than there are days left in my life. I am just vehemently against this. I think that people should be allowed to sue these fucking churches for every last penny they've got, bankrupt them, put them out of business. They don't do any good like nothing and what really bothers me is the fact that the churches use charity to fucking cover up abuse mm-hmm. and i think it needs to stop and it's like you it's you can't point your finger at somebody because they went and donated billions of dollars mm-hmm. to this charity like oh we did all this good yeah but you fucked a kid so i'm sorry like you need to die yeah that that should be it like even the church of satan says do no harm unto little children mm-hmm. like really guys they also like, pay their taxes mm-hmm you know shit like the church of satan is showing you guys up right now every single fucking organized religion that has child abuse within it should be burned to the ground i have no time for this no time for these fucking people i mean and the thing is like i think you take your take your neighborhood church your neighborhood church isn't involved in this no it's not you, you take your neighborhood church and you go and you sit down and you have your pastor you have your 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 sunday service your wednesday service whatever you go to 
I, but this worldwide. When you say they should do something about this, who is they? We are they. Mm-hmm. If you're we going to, to a, if you're going to a Catholic church and you're a believer in God, you're a part of that congregation, and your priest is raping boys, then it's your fucking job to stop it. Mm-hmm. It's your job to stand up. And it's stop your it. job to call the police next Sunday and have him escorted out of service, mm-hmm. and then slit his throat, choke him to death on his own balls. Go out the back door. Like I just not I, in the church. I don't fucking understand it. I I think that it's endemic in every single church, and I don't think it's something that has to do with religion. Um, Boy Scouts, look at that shit. I've always felt weird about Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, it's, mm. but it's our duty as normal civilized people. We are the ninety nine percent. It's not everybody in the church that's fucking kids by a long shot. No, it's, no, it's the tiny the little one, bad apples turn, turn the whole thing rotten. But it's the feeling of being unable to say anything about it that, that really is damaging. And, you know, we've got to get used to calling this shit out. And there is no they in that they should do something about it. There's us. We should do something about it. We should refuse to tolerate it. And we should make sure that these people are held accountable to this shit. So that's my opinion on that. And and for just for clarification, I am spiritual. I believe there's a God. I have a personal spiritual relationship with God. Um, I've started now tithing. Uh, I've started actively raising money for charities and improving my community. I'm all about fucking religion. I think there's something bigger out there in the universe than us. But I don't think it's found in the Catholic Church. I don't think it's found in Scientology. And I definitely don't think it's found in raping fucking children. Mm-mm. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Well said. All right, what's the end of the show? Tell us about the end The end of the show is yeah. always, always, always lighthearted. Always. It is okay. always something we call super cool or shut up fool. <laughs> and it basically Have is... we got the Mr. T sound effect down yet? Yeah. All right, yeah, cool. Yeah, I also cool. went and got the music from Cool Runnings yes. to be the, uh, yes. the the music to play in the background if we decide that it's super cool. Okay, cool. Um, it's something a little more lighthearted to end the show on, and it's just something we, we think is entertaining. All right, what you got for me? Today, the Antarctica's Penguin Post Office is hiring. Antarctica. A so remote what? post office in Antarctica is hiring. If you're good at sorting mail, Selling postage stamps and counting penguins. This could be the job for oh, you. Oh man, I struggle so much counting penguins. But you know the easy way to do it when there's a flock of them? How? Count all the wings and just divide by two. It's pretty good. <laughs> it takes a minute. Huh? It took me a second. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a lot harder. Why? Why do they call it Antarctic? Um, because it's Antarctic. the opposite of the Arctic. Right, but instead of it, we used to call it Arctica. And Antarctica. When I was a kid in school, that's what I learned. Arctica was the north bit, and Antarctica was the south bit. And why don't polar bears eat penguins? Is because they can't get the wrappers off. Um, but penguins are a chocolate bar in England. But oh, um, well, they don't eat penguins because polar bears live on the North Pole and penguins live on the South Pole. Like that's why polar bears don't eat them. They live at different ends of the planet. However, um, we used to call it Arctica. And now we just call it the Arctic. When did that change? I have no idea. But um, maybe got memory holds. So a post office in Antarctica is hiring. That could be quite fun, you know. Popular tourist destination on Goudier Island, just off the west side of the Antarctic Peninsula. The historic site receives 18,000 visitors each season. And the area is also filled with penguins. Shit, I built a lemonade stand there. Are you kidding me? 
so uh yeah i think that's uh i think that's pretty cool the staff members share a single bedroom there is no flushing toilet instead a camping toilet must be emptied daily camping that's a fancy word for hole isn't it <laughs> camping toilet some pot there is no wide-lipped pot there's no running water or showers visiting ships offer staffers showers every few days why don't you build a fucking shower then because all the water's frozen huh yeah fair point <laughs> like i mean surely they figured out how to insulate a, a, a water tub or something i don't know i think this is pretty cool i wouldn't take the job myself um well, i don't get along with penguins wouldn't it be cool though just hang out with penguins all day no they called me mean names last time i went to the zoo well, they wouldn't take the fish out of my hand either. You are a fairly easy target, and to be honest, I wouldn't trust the fish that you touched either. So, no, I wouldn't either. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's funny though. Why can't we like? I wonder what's in the middle of the uh, Antarctic. My guess, just going out on a limb here, mm-hmm. ice. I don't. And know a that. secret CIA base. I don't know, man. I've I've seen too much stuff from the Admiral Byrd diaries and the operation high jump expedition and then those i don't know if they're fake or not but there's some 1940s maps circling around on the internet that were supposedly um recovered from from some german submarines that show the passage to the center of the earth that's found at the north at the south pole and i think that's pretty interesting i don't know how much i'm going to trust german soldiers from world war ii on their perception of anything considering they were (laughs) always on meth there was a, a huge amount of, meth. of the time yeah, that's how blitzkrieg came about <laughs> lightning warfare they were like it's because they were just amped up they had they had to do something and they're like we have all these tanks laying around let's go take poland it's like yeah there's some there's some videos of hitler at the olympics he's just, oh, he's like just rocking back it out. out he's totally tweaking <laughs> all right um dude i think this is cool i think having a post office down there is super cool um i think not having a toilet and the uh, inability to shower kind of sucks yeah but like you're not sweating because it's cold and then it's like you're gonna go pee in a hole or you're gonna go poop in a hole but it's gonna freeze instantly that'd be the quickest poop ever wouldn't it you'd be straight in and out of there (laughs) (laughs) i think we should send them some toilet seat warmers probably i bet you they have heated toilet seats I, i think that would be a requirement of me taking the job all right that's it for today i like that i think that's pretty cool go get a job working with penguins um yeah all right anything else to add kyle before we get this wrapped up um no i think i'm actually all good all right so a super cool ending to a super cool episode you'll be good stay safe enjoy the rest of your week and uh, don't forget to join on friday for another episode of friday fire that's it from us for today we'll see you all later say bye kyle bye kyle the small business surgeon podcast if you've made it this far you clearly like it so go on itunes and leave us a five-star review this helps people find the show and spread the good word share with friends and follow us at small business surgeon on facebook and instagram thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week the small business surgeon was recorded at texas media foundry in historic downtown Bryan, texas Check them out at txfoundry.com.
or on social media at DX Foundry. Thanks for tuning in.